on guard. Pray. Ale. Welcome to the Tokyo 2020 Fencing Podcast, episode 23, and we're all about the Barcelona Women's Epe World Cup. I'm Karen, and joining me as ever, Dave Baker. Dave, it's really starting to hot up in uh, Women's Epe, isn't it? One, one more team to go. Can't wait. Yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Well, look, here's the scenario before we went into uh, the World Cup. In the team situation, China, Poland, Russia and Italy are provisionally qualified as the top four teams. The USA, Estonia and Korea, uh, along with Ukraine, take the zonal spots. Now, I said two European teams there, Estonia and Ukraine. Ukraine currently qualified because there is no African team in the top 16. In the team competition in Spain, Korea took the title. Uh, and they beat uh, their Asian rivals, China, in doing so in the final. And the USA beat Russia to the bronze medal. So, Dave, uh, with two top uh, Asian teams finishing uh, in the gold and silver positions in Barcelona, let's start with the Asian zone. China's second place first. Uh, is that going to be enough? Absolutely. Yep. They're qualified uh, and confirmed in the top four as well, most importantly. Right. Okay. So that's one of the four zonal spots that uh, is definitely no longer up for grabs. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. They can't be. They can't be taken out. And uh, Korea uh, taking the first place. Uh, are they? Are they? Have they secured their qualification as well? Have they done enough? They are qualified. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the next closest team uh, in in Asia would be Hong Kong, and they're mm. quite a long way back. So um, by definition, uh, Korea have to be the strongest Asian team. Wow, so there we go. So we know that the Asian spots now are sealed up. We know that one of the top four zonal spots is sewn up as well. Can Korea make the top four? Absolutely they can. Absolutely they can. Yeah, there's, um, uh, they would need to at a minimum, and obviously there's a lot of moving parts here. Um, but yeah, first or second, so another uh, gold or silver medal, uh, the final World Cup, and they could move into the, uh, into the top four, and that would be great news for Hong Kong. Mm, so it could have three Asian teams in the women's epee at the Olympic Games in the team competition. That that would be incredible. Uh, so it's uh, still not quite done for Hong Kong, but uh, they'll need to uh, do something or they'll need to keep their eyes on their yeah. career uh, at uh, the next World Cup. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, USA coming third. So let's move on to the Pan-American uh, spot and the, the zonal qualification through teams there. USA taking third place. Can they be caught? By any Pan American rivals? No. So they're also then, <laughs> by process of elimination, they are qualified for the Olympic Games too. They are qualified for the Olympic Games, Bash, yes. <laughs> and can Canada make it at all? Is there any chance for them? Yeah, so the, the bronze medal by the USA moves them inside the top four. Right. Um, which is great news for Canada. So, And Canada had a pretty good day as well. So they finished inside the top 16. Uh, beat the Pan Am rivals Brazil pretty comfortably in the end. Um, so Canada are doing more than enough. Um, but yeah, so USA in the top four is great news for great news for Canada. Yeah, that that is good news. But can, is there a, a scenario here that that the USA can drop out? They, they, surely they're not sealed as a top four team yet. No, absolutely not. So I think the the, the teams that are really in the mix to to fight for that fourth position are Italy, Korea and and the USA. So I mean we can we can run different scenarios. Um but yeah the real the real debate is going to be about who who takes that fourth 
um, top four place. And it could be a Pan Am team, it could be a European team, or it could be an Asian team. Oh. And so that means that we would have three different teams benefiting from that fourth place. Right, let's not go too deeply into that, but just to concentrate on the Pan American zone for now. USA sit in the top four. Canada have the Pan American zonal spot after the Barcelona World Cup. Yep. And Canada will be hoping that the USA stay in the top four. That's the one. Okay, we will, Dave, of course, discuss potential <laughs> scenarios, but let's get through the uh, the zones first. Um, okay, I'm going to go with the, the, the slightly easier one to discuss uh, in Africa, uh, simply because that is just it's just one team we're looking at, and that's Egypt. It is, it is, and they had a pretty good day in Barca. Actually, they won their 32 match, which they haven't necessarily been doing, and they beat Japan in the 32. Um, and they're outside the top 16, but only just, only by one point. So uh, the reason I brought that up is because as things stand, they're not in the top 16. So uh, going into Barcelona, it was uh, Ukraine who, who took the, the spot vacated by no African team qualifying. But Egypt have got a pretty good chance of jumping into the top 16, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if they win their first match in, in in the next world cup in tashkent i think um i think they'll qualify and uh, do we do we have any idea of who they may face well we don't know it's a funny one so that the, the and we won't go into too much detail but the world cup in tashkent was supposed to be in china and obviously coronavirus has put a stop to that um so you know last minute reshuffles to 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 is uzbekistan um it's going to be a real question of who turns up um, so notionally it could be Japan again, um, could be Switzerland again. I'd say probably Switzerland have got a better chance of beating Egypt than Japan does. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could be, could be very different. Um, it's going to be really a function of who, who was there. Yeah. So we can't really go into that too much, but it's, uh, certainly still the, the dream is still alive for the Egyptian women's epe team so okay now we go on to the the, the one that's possibly going to blow my mind let alone our listeners uh, the European uh, zonal uh, position uh, and and the situation with the teams in the qualification Russia finished in fourth place what does that do for their qualification yep they're qualified that's it they've done it and, and will they remain as a top four team or are they going to is there any chance that they'd be dropped down into the uh, European zonal spot. I think they're fine. I think I did the maths. I don't have the maths in front of me, but I'm 99% sure that they're uh, that we're not worried about them being in the top four. So I okay, think they're and, qualified. And Poland finishing sixth. What does that do for them? Yeah, same same thing. That's enough. They are qualified. They cannot be. Uh, they cannot be taken. Uh, they cannot be any worse than the than the fourth best European team or third best European team. So at a minimum, they'd have a zonal place. So they're qualified. Okay, okay it was a tough time for Italy uh, in Barcelona, but they were without uh, the, one of their superstars in the team. Is that right? Yeah, so no Rosella Firmingo. She was floating around. Um, so I did see her a couple of times and said hi a couple of times at the competition. Um, but uh, I assume it's got to be an injury because, uh, uh, and I guess with flights already booked and it's you know not exactly the hardest place to get to, um, you turn up and support the team. But, uh, yeah, she didn't fence the individual and, and clearly didn't fence the teams. Um, oh. So uh, that was um, – I mean, I think they did. No, they, lost not... 
they, yeah. yeah, they lost to Hong Kong in the round of 16, and uh, they did recover without Fiamingo to finish ninth. Um, it was it was a it was a really interesting day. There were there was some, some, some upsets from the beginning. So um, uh, Sweden beat uh, Ukraine and actually reasonably comfortably in the end um, by a couple of touches, uh, which was astonishing to kick off the day. And then I didn't see it. I was refereeing another match, but I know that it went down to the final touch, the um, the Hong Kong uh, Italy. Uh, match and I sort of just saw um you know Daniel Pantoni just sort of staring off into space uh at the end of it so, you know <laughs> I suspect these things are getting everyone slightly stressed mm. um but uh you know what in the end they recovered to tonight and actually that's enough they can't be caught by any of the other European teams uh so they're qualified as well so it's um you know despite probably you know ninth is not uh, wouldn't be the best result for them I'm sure they want more than that but they can't be caught. They are they are going to the Olympic Games, and I saw them celebrating afterwards. So it's great news. So let's just get this straight. You're saying that China, Russia, Poland, the United yep. States, Italy, yep. and Korea yep. are qualified for the Olympics. We know six out of the eight teams, Bash. Wow. That is... Uh, to certainly hotting things up. Uh, so we, we, we basically know that then... Uh, We've got what three of the teams currently sitting in the top four will stay in the top four: China, Russia, and Poland. But there's a three-way battle, isn't there, for that fourth spot? And you've already said that it's United States, Italy, and Korea. Uh, let's let's just go through those one by one. The United States hold the spot at the moment. What do they have to do to stay in the four? So it's. I think if they finished second, they would guarantee it. Well, it's all relative. Um, it's all relative, but then it's a question. So I think if Korea are in the final, second's enough. I think if Italy are in the final, the USA need to beat them to maintain the place. So it is, you know, we've got three three little branches going on here, Bash. It's, uh, we're going to be looking at all sorts of permutations. Um, and just, just look, I, I, we, we, we could discuss this for hours, but <laughs> I promise we won't. Um, look, top World rankings as things stand, China, Russia, Poland, Italy, USA, Korea, Estonia. Those are the top seven. Germany are currently eighth, Ukraine ninth, France tenth. Now, you've got to assume that all of those teams are going to be at the last World Cup in in Tashkent, as hard as it might be to get to. Um, So if the, 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 the switching around teams, if the draw falls the way that the rankings are, USA are going to face Italy in the in the quarterfinals. Uh, it, so they'll draw five and six will be a coin flip. So it'll be Italy versus USA or Korea. Mm. So USA will have either Italy or Poland. So the scenario <laughs> could <just> be... <laughs> That's, that, that round of eight match that has Italy in it is going to be the one to watch. Yeah, right? absolutely. And the interesting <laughs> thing will be is that if Italy beat the USA um, and they finish, even if they only finish fourth, yeah, then the USA would need to finish sixth. If Italy get bronze, and it depends on Korea as well, I haven't run the Italy versus Korea, but I'm thinking bronze would be enough no matter what the USA did to move Italy into the top four, benefiting a European team, whether that's Estonia, France, Ukraine, or two of those three, depending on what Egypt do. 
Oh, it's just going to be amazing. Uh, now, hold on a minute. One thing that I have to say, uh, to, to ask you, Dave, is uh, will you be available for Tash Kent? I'll be there, mate. I'll be... <laughs> Brilliant news. I don't know. I'll have to referee with my laptop by the side of the piste, I think. You are going to have to because it's, I mean... Look, I do the maths uh, on a on the back of a scrap of paper here, yeah. and uh, as you well know, I don't always get it a hundred percent right. But so I think I'm going to definitely need regular updates from you uh, while you're in Tashkent because that that's going to be incredible. Not only that fourth place match, uh, that uh, quarterfinal match with uh, the Italian team, but also then the subsequent placings matches. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think we'll know pretty early, to be honest. Like what's what's going on and remember you know winning your last 16 match is not um you know as Italy will just tell you is not is not guaranteed um and I mean everyone's going to look at who Egypt draw um and they're going to need someone to do to do everyone a favor and beat Egypt because as you say if they uh as I said if they win um they win their, their, their 32 match they're probably going to the Olympic Games so even though we've got six teams that we know are definitely qualified and there are only two spots up for grabs, boy, there's some real challenges for some of those teams. So when you're watching, hopefully we can watch uh, the action in Tashkent, uh, it will be that race for the fourth automatic spot between USA, Italy and Korea and also looking at what Egypt do and if they don't make it, who's going to win the race for the zonal berth that they'll lead. Uh, and Canada will also be looking on to see if the United States can stay in the top four. Just incredible, isn't it, Dave, what we've got to look forward to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, Estonia didn't have didn't have the best day. Um, just talking about this bonus place as well, or potentially that extra European place if Italy do well. Um, you know, we've got France and Ukraine chasing, chasing Estonia pretty hard, but we're going to need, you know, it's hard to believe that France uh, and looking like they may not qualify in women's epee teams, mm. um, but they're going to need big results. They're all going to need effectively uh, medals to um, yeah. to chase. So lots to play for. But as we've seen, you know, one big result and a, you know a win from a you know we've shown what what impact it's had on the table from a Korean win um, in men's epee. You know, it's if, if you get a slightly surprised team in the uh, in 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 the medals, and France were, were milliseconds away from beating uh, beating Korea in the um, uh, in, in Budapest, you know, went down to a final. Uh, sorry, in Barcelona, you know, went down to a final touch. So, um, you know, the margins are the margins are. Uh, sorry, it was China. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't uh, Korea, and it was in the last uh, last date. They came very, very close to beating to beating China, the French team, and that's cost them. But it shows that oh. they, you know they've got the capability to get there. Um, um, anything could happen. Literally, anything could happen. It certainly can. And they, like I say, it's those small margins that make a big difference. And of course, uh, the room for error has also decreased dramatically as we come into the final stages. Uh, but uh, a summary of where the teams stand, I suppose, is the way to conclude the uh, team conversation. China, Russia, Poland and the United States currently occupy the provisional automatic qualification spots. The zonal spots go to Italy, Korea and Canada. And without Egypt in the top 16, Estonia are now holding the extra berth left vacant by no African team being qualified. So we move on to the individual uh, situation. Uh, going into Spain, uh, Anna Maria Popescu of Romania and Coraline Vitali of France held the two European spots. Man Wei Vivian Kong of Hong Kong. And uh, Nozomi Sato of Japan held the two Asian spots. Uh, it was Natalie Mulhausen of Brazil holding the Pan American spot. 
and Sarah Bezbez of Tunisia holding the African spot in Barca itself. It was a great day for the resurgent Estonians. Uh, they've been doing pretty well at the last couple of competitions. Katrina Lehis uh, took the gold medal from a, a podium debutant from France. Another one, Alexandra Lewis-Marie picked up the silver. Tatiana Gudkova, the Russian former double junior uh, world champion, picked up the uh, bronze medal along with Kang Young me of Korea. So Dave, let's start with um, Africa because um, we're just talking about one athlete and that's Bezbez, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Sarah was was there, uh, but only just, uh, I actually refereed the match, uh, her first match she um, uh, against uh, Julia Believa. Uh, she was sick. She was really, really sick. So um, turned up and then had a sort of medical withdrawal. Uh, but, you know, at, at this point, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter for Sarah. She will... Um, Apparently she'd been sort of bedridden for a week with some sort of uh, some sort of virus, so not very nice. So I hope she feels a bit better. Um, but yeah, I mean she's comfortably the best African fencer, so she's going to the big games. Yeah, brave for to try. I was actually watching that fight. You'll remember because mm. I messaged, I messaged yes. you. What the heck's going, going on? Dave? on? What's going on? <laughs> uh, it, it was. It, she looks. I'm surprised she even went to the piece because she looked. She just. What, what it was. Not even thirty seconds old the fight, and she just nothing had happened. She just pulled out, didn't she? Yeah, I kind of had a heads up from her coach um, uh, Daniele Lavavasa about um, you know that she was probably not going to be uh, not going to be ready to to defence the whole match, and you could tell a couple of hits in or a hit in just just wasn't working, and mm. did the sensible thing to do, and we got it all checked out by the doctor. Um, yeah. The doctor was like, "It's just not safe for her defence," um, yeah. so she did her best. Um, and you know, inside the top sixteen, you know, you you need to be there, and and you know, you automatic you get your automatic promotion to the top sixteen. But she was in, mm. she was not in a not in a fit place to continue. Well, like you say, I hope she gets better soon. Uh, perhaps she is already. So, uh, let's move on to uh, the Pan American zone. Uh, Natalie Mollhausen from Brazil holding the spot going into Barcelona. She didn't actually finish uh, as uh, one of the top rivals chasing that spot down. Canada's Leonora McKinnon made the quarterfinals, but a ninth place finish for Mulhausen. Uh, she uh, she looking like she's done the job here. Yeah, I mean, she's our world champion, right? She's going to the games. Um, you know, the only real chasers are Americans, and they're qualified. So uh, Leah did well. Uh, Leah McKinnon. Um, I think it's her second last eight of the season, which is great after Tallinn. Mm, yeah, um, couple of couple of big wins as well. So she beat, uh, I think, Courtney Hurley in the sixty four, um, beat Andrew Sheena on time, um, and then got very very close to beating Kang in the uh, in the eight. Sort of, I'd say, just at the end, attacked a uh, attacked a deep target and got and got parried. But um, you know what? Another great day for Leo. But she's going to need that USA team to to stay in the top four because. Not sure I want to go to a Pan Am uh, zonal qualifier if I uh, if I didn't have to. That will be her um, her route, will it then? Uh, yeah, I mean she'll um, if she, if Canada don't qualify as a team, um, she's going to have to go and um, fence some Cubans and fence some Venezuelans, and uh, it won't be easy. That's for sure. Yeah, but like you say, two top eights this season. Uh, she's looking like she's capable of doing it, that's mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, it does, though, look like Mulhausen is going to be going to the Olympic Games. And, and who wouldn't want the world champion at the Olympic Games the following year? So Asia then, uh, Kong finishing uh, fifth. Uh, does that extend her lead at the top? Yeah, Viv's looking great as well. Vivian is um, 
it's good as well. She had a couple of couple of tough competitions um, in uh, in Doha and, and and Havana. So good to see her back and, and fencing well as well. She was in in pretty good spirits and you know picked up some picked up some scalps as well, which is nice. So you know beating Valieva, um, I mean ultimately stopped by by good cover, but I saw her a couple of times. She was fencing well, which is good. And then obviously the Hong Kong team know that the um, you know the broader team know that they have got a sniff if um, of qualifying as a team if Korea do well at the final World Cup. So they're all aware of that, and they've got a fairly young team around her. Um, but it was good to see as well Vivian fencing teams as well. So she hasn't fenced teams all uh, all season as far as I remember. So getting a bit more match practice, I think, and, and supporting the team, it was great to see. Mm. So interesting. She's got sort of two bites of the cherry, mm. Kong. Uh, so uh, Sato, the Japanese uh, fencer who's really re- leading, that came in leading the Japanese race effectively for the second spot. Uh, that race isn't over yet, though, is it? No, it's close. It's close. Um, what, four and a bit points, 4.25 points behind um, uh, uh, Sato's ahead of uh, Yoshimura. Um, but yeah, Sato had a, had a better competition. Um, mm. Made the second day. Yoshimura didn't make the second day. Although I would note that um, Yoshimura, having been eliminated, was there um, and supporting Sato um, through at, at every event. She was there and, and cheering her teammate on, even though they're direct rivals for the Olympic Games. So I thought that was very sporting. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Obviously, um, I'm sure teams are very strict about what you can and, and do do. But it was nice to see, you know, you're you know cheering on your rival. And I mean, Sato's fencing really well. I think she. She would be favourite, but you know they're not. There's not a lot of points for that second zonal spot. So one one sort of odd result at a GP um, mm. changes everything. So we'll see. Yeah, very interesting. And uh, my final question regarding the Asian zone. I, I want to come back to Hong Kong. If Hong Kong qualify as a team. <laughs> How far down the ranking list are we going to have to go for the second Asian qualifier? Because assuming Sato does stay uh, ahead of her Japanese rivals, no other Japanese fencer can go. No. Uh, and I had a quick look at the the, the ranking list, and we, we have to go an awfully long way down to find the next Asian fencer. Yeah, there's a, I did exactly that, Bash. So let me let me let me tell you in real time. Uh, so who would we lose? We would lose Estonia, wouldn't we? So let's stick it into the spreadsheet. And so I've got Kakimova on 22 points from Uzbekistan would be the next highest. And she's currently 73rd on the FIE World Rankings. Wow. And I, I believe uh, there's an Indian and a Kazakh as well, in the, uh, potentially in the mix, if, if that scenario in Hong Kong do qualify as a team uh, happens. Oh, yeah, I mean, anyone could qualify. I mean, seriously, anyone. There's, there's a whole bunch because they all got points at Asian Championships. Yeah. So, yeah, so anyone could qualify. Interesting. Well, so we need to keep an eye on Hong Kong, but of course we won't know that until after t- Tashkent team day. Uh, so let's uh, now go on to the last zone, and that's the, the European zone. Popescu went out at 32, uh, a bit of a stray result for her. She didn't gain any points, if my maths are right, but she's still going to lead that European race, isn't she? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um it was interesting. I had a good chat with uh, with Anna Maria, I think, in the core room, and she's sort of feeling, you know, feeling the pressure a little bit. Um, you know, walking around, obviously, as well, number one and, and favorite. You know, you sort of walk around with a bit of a target on your head. Mm. Um, but no, she's she's doing good. She's I think she's feeling it a bit as well. The competition's come pretty thick and fast, so uh, she didn't fence teams, which I think is is, is sensible. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, she's she's in she's not in in bad shape. She will she will easily qualify. That's for sure. And uh, uh, Coraline Vitali of France was uh, holding the second European spot, but she also went out in the sixty-four. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, this is this is what happens in women's epee and in any epee. To be honest, it's um, it's uh, anything anything really can happen. Um, but I think the interesting thing means that you know no um, no Ukraine team you know as it stands means there's no room for for Kravitska, but Kravitska's only five points behind um, behind Vitali. So we really now do get a you know, a race or a chase for that final or that second European uh, place, you know, that we probably didn't have before. Yeah, so but Vitaly still holds that second spot for Europe. But Estonia aren't qualified as a team. Well, they're not confirmed as qualified as a team. So how crucial is Leas's win uh, in uh, in Barcelona? Does that put her in the mix? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So she's now up, um, she's now up in 102 points, 11th on my rankings, so... That's three points behind Krivitska, eight points behind Vitali. Uh, yeah, definitely now one of the stronger Europeans. But it's an interesting point as well. Like, I don't think, you know, the Estonian team fenced particularly well um, mm. uh, on on the team day. Um, and, you know, they used Leah Hiss as their anchor fencer. And, you know, she's clearly had to fight her way through, um, you know, a, a first day and then a long, and it was a long day, the individual day. It took forever. Um, and then, you know, defense three days on the row, you know, you get pretty tired legs, I imagine. Uh, this sort of debate about, you know, how well you do in the individuals versus, you know, do you then get used properly in the teams? I'd say some teams like USA Men's Foil, for example, are very good at resting people if they've had a long individual day. Um, I'm just, I'm not sure about it, to be honest. I was a bit, I mean, if, if I had my way, I'd fancy team day first and the individual day second. But um, I don't. I'm not the. Uh, I'm not the boss of fencing. Um, not yet. Not yet. Give it time. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> but it was. It was interesting. So she's now moved up individually. But is that a detriment to the team? Mm. Sort of. It was certainly a debate um, over over a beer after the competition with a few of the referees and the coaches about you know actually how do you manage? Because um, obviously you want to come back with medals, whether it's individual or team. But, you know, the, the drive for Olympic qualification has always been through the team competition. So just an interesting balancing act, I'd say, Bash. Yeah, and um, well, like I said, there's, no, there's not much uh, room for manoeuvre now. There's certainly uh, no uh, not many competitions left. Um, but anyway, in summary of where we sit uh, after um, the Barcelona World Cup, we have Popescu of Romania and Vitaly holding on to the European spots. Uh, Kong and Sato holding on to the Asian spots, Mulhausen holding on to the Pan American spot, and Bezmez holding on to the African spot. So no uh, real change, but still all to play for. And Dave, uh, just remind us where we're going next for the individual qualifiers. Yeah, so next is the uh, GP in Budapest, first weekend in March. And then uh, they will be followed up with the last competition uh, that's moved from uh, China and will now be held in uh, Tashkent on the 20th to the 22nd of March. Last couple of chances for the women's EPS. But Dave, uh, as ever, thank you very much for your insight. I look forward to discussing things both after Budapest and Tashkent with you. Uh, but thanks, as always, for your time. And thanks to all of you. We'll be back for more Olympic Fencing Qualification podcast very soon.
Thank you.